Well, good morning, All Shores. It's so good to be here with you. You know, for me, after being away in Europe for a few weeks, it was just so cool to interact with the global church and to see that God is in, at work, that he is moving not only here, but around the world. That what we're part of is bigger than ourselves, that it is a global effort to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm just glad that I came from Europe with that and not a pair of lederhosen. <laughs> I'm glad that I came with more um, and just realized and was encouraged by the work of God. And so with that, I want to invite you to stand this morning. And even as we're worshiping together in this place, just be encouraged. Like we're not worshiping by ourselves. We're joining saints from all around the world and singing praises to his name this morning. And so with that, let's just invite God's spirit to meet us in this place. Let's worship together. I scaled all the highest of mountains. I stood at the edge of their peace. I still couldn't see to the edge of your love for me. I walked on the wildest of waters. I sunk to the depths of the sea. I still couldn't fathom the depths of your love for me. All right, canyons wide, let's sing it out. Canyons wide, ocean steep, can't contain all your love for me. No matter how high, far I reach, there's no end to Could I run that you would run after me? How could I? 
together this morning.
Let's go to the Lord. Father, we do come before you today. And on behalf of my friends here, on behalf of my friends online, God, we speak the name of Jesus into any fear that's here today. God, we speak the name of Jesus into any depression that's here today. God, we speak the name of Jesus into anyone who needs strength today. God, we speak the name of Jesus into any difficult relationship that's represented here today. God, we speak the name of Jesus because when we do so, there is power that comes in those moments. And God, we have authority over those situations. And for that, Lord, we are thankful that we have the gift of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And Lord, we can tap into that power. And we can tap into your son. And God, we can provide opportunities to just engage with you and engage with others and know, God, that we are more than conquerors today because we can speak the name of Jesus into any situation we face today. And so, God, that is my prayer for my friends who are here, for those who might be struggling, God, for those who might be facing difficult situations. Lord, would you give them a sense of hope as we talk about today? God, would you help them to understand that you are in control, and when they speak the name of Jesus, God, again, we have authority over every situation, and for that, we give you thanks. God, we speak the name of Jesus even over First Baptist in Spring Lake today, and we know that they are meeting. We ask, God, that you would just anoint their service, God, that you would go before them, and as they speak and preach the name of Jesus, Lord, that lives will be changed. We think of the Suarez's today, God, our missionaries in Columbia, and God, we speak the name of Jesus into their lives also with authority and understanding, God, that they are doing a good work. And we ask that you would continue to complete it. And God, that you'll see, we'll see great things through the ministry of the Suarez's in Columbia. And then, Lord, for us today, 
we pray that your spirit would continue to be here, that, God, we would be engaged. We come before you, and we tell you today that we are open. We are available. We're willing to hear from your word as it's brought forth today. As we talk about this idea of hope, God, if we are hopeless today, renew our spirit. Renew who we are. Help us to understand that we are a child of God. And, Lord, we will look forward with great anticipation with what you're going to do in our lives today with the rest of our time together. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Well, you may be seated. I'm a little excited today. I am excited to be in the house of the Lord. I don't know what it was. Maybe it's lack of sleep. But God is here and he's among us. I hope that you have felt him. I hope that you've sensed the Lord in our midst today. And especially if you're a guest, can I just say thank you for coming and being a part of our service today, taking some time out of your Sunday and joining us. If you are here for the first time, we would love for you to sign our connection card. It's a way that we kind of find out and know that you've been here. We'd love to interact with you briefly a little bit about uh, why you're here. If you have any questions about the church, you will find that QR code on the chair back in front of you. Uh, and you can f- uh, fill that out as it pops up. It's a uh, an item that you'll uh, pull up on your camera. If you are a regular attender, another way and great tool to use to stay connected with us. So you may also use that. Also, well, we have a great service in the end of August. It's one of my favorite that we're going to highlight here in a moment. But I do want to remind you, this is the time in our service when we give back to the Lord. And so we pray that you've continued to be remain faithful in that. If you brought your tithes and offerings today, you may place those in the boxes uh, by the doors on your way out. Or you may also give online. Again, those of you who might be watching us online, you can also give through our website. But again, one of my favorite services of the year is our outdoor baptism service. Happens the end of August. If you haven't been baptized before, you know of someone who might be interested, this is a great service to not only come and be a part of, but encourage others to get baptized if you have already been baptized. So take a look at the screens and you'll find out a little bit more about it. Well, good morning. Two weeks ago today was one of the most challenging days of my life. I'm being serious. I was on a six-day pilgrimage with two of my sisters and a friend walking St. Cuthbert's Way, which is in the borderlands between Scotland and England. 
My sister turned 60 in May, so we walked 60-ish miles in her honor. And actually, I want to tell you, we walked 67 miles because every single one of those miles matter. <laughs> I want to count every single one of them. So two, two weeks ago today, the day I'm referencing, was a 17-mile day. I mean, it was, yeah, it was a lot. With packs, I was spent. I literally shed tears of relief and gratitude when we reached our destination. I've been using the words intense and beautiful to try to even put words to what that pilgrimage was. I think I'm still even trying to make sense of what all I learned through that experience. It certainly was physically exhausting, but I'm really grateful to for the group spirit we had, everybody cheering each other along um, along the way. So we were inspired learning more about St. Cuthbert, this wooden statue here. He was a monk, a bishop, and part of his life he lived as a hermit in the 600s. So it's really okay if you haven't heard of him before. He loved the poor. He cared for animals and the environment before that was even cool. And he worked for church unity in times of division and, and disintegration, really. So even while he was sensing that call to, be a her to live as a hermit, to commune with, with God alone, he kept getting called back into uh, leading a church, uh, once even called back by the king to help lead the church through a time that, was, um, that they were being pulled in many directions. So he was beloved by rich and poor alike. And I was inspired to work for unity, um, to find the messy middle way, to seek God in my daily life, and, and to seek God and, and have that impact my daily life instead of just living my life and then telling God what I want him to do about it. So here I am at the end of our hike, this is St. Cuthbert's Monument. Can you sense the relief and joy of making it all 67 miles? Guys, did I mention 67 miles? That's 188,789 steps for those of you who might be... Thank you. Ouch, ouch, that hurts my leg. Um, yeah, yeah it, it, was, it was a great experience. So I'm, I'm Dina Horn. I'm a, I'm a Wesleyan ordained minister serving as a missionary with Global Partners. I lead NEXT, a global church internship program for young adults. So this is a great for those people who might be asking, what was I made for? Anybody? Okay. If you know, you know. Uh, my husband and I have been a part of All Shores for about 25 years and we attend the Muskegon campus. So as we come to church today, we're gonna to continue in our detour series. And as we do every week, we pray asking God to open our hearts and minds to what he has for us. Let's pray. God, thank you for this church. One expression of your body, of your people, and I pray that each one of us individually and then collectively that we would have ears to hear what you have for us today. Um, God, meet us 
um, in those places where it might be hard to listen. But soften our hearts, God. Do a work in us through your word, through the person of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've been working our way through Acts 16, following Paul, Timothy, and Silas as they spread the good news into Europe. And we've seen how the Holy Spirit has guided our friends through many detours. It hasn't been one straight path forward. So we've seen how they've also had moments of joy, even in these unexpected twists and turns. And so we're with them today in Philippi, a city in what is now northern Greece. And Paul is breaking into new territory here. You might remember a couple of weeks ago, Evan told us about Lydia, who was, it's commented in the Bible that she was a God-fearer. And she actually became a really key leader of the, basically a house church that was begun by her. And then Paul and Silas cast a spirit out of an enslaved girl who'd been telling fortunes for her captors. And man, when, they, when she's no longer able to do that, her oppressors are not happy because she's not able to make money for them anymore. And so they, um, yeah, they accuse these outsiders of promoting, promoting foreign ideas and uh, they, they have them stripped beaten and thrown in jail. So that is the cliffhanger that Thad left us with last week, where we have Paul and Silas in prison, chained. And it's, you know, I I think in this series, we've been hearing about in the midst of all the detours and unexpected changes of plans and, oh, I thought I was going to do this, but now I'm doing this, that that our our heroes here have found these these really beautiful moments of joy. And many times in the middle of unexpected circumstances, we discover more of who God is and more of who we are. And that can really start to sound like a nice and tidy sermon, can't it? You know, things don't go as we expect, but then Jesus shows up and everything is better. Everything is sunshine and slushies. And that just rubs me the wrong way. I am way too much of a pragmatist and a cynic to let that kind of Christian coffee mug sentimentality make me feel better, which probably isn't the point. Anyway, my book, friend, my book club friends will tell you that I don't like books that wrap everything up all tidy in the end with a nice little bow. She gets the promotion in her career and everything she wanted in her family. Ew, no. Give me brooding, tragic, and sad any day. Okay, okay, my friend tells me she wants to escape this life. That's fair, that's fine. I just know that life is hard. And when we try to make our Christianity shiny and happy, things can go awry. We begin to pretend that everything is fine and we wear a mask to hide all of the pain and grief that we carry. Sometimes we hit a wall. Our mental health might falter. We're wronged. We, we lose a job. We're sad and unhappy. And life deals us blow after blow after blow. So what do we do when all hope 
is lost. And to be honest, this has been a tough sermon to prepare. We're going to be in some dark places today. And I'm trusting in the Spirit to walk with us as we go where all hope is lost. As a reminder, Thad left Paul and Silas stripped, beaten, and chained in prison. This is my kind of story. So let's see what happens to our friends. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought, prisoners had escaped. We could focus on Paul and Silas here. Their response to their suffering is one of admirable faith. They prayed and sang hymns to God. I mean, wow. They were confident in the mission God had called them to, to share the good news beyond the Jews. I mean, it was for everyone. Philippi, the city, was not Jewish nor Christian. I mean, Lydia was this god fear. I mean, that was something to be mar- remarked. That was amazing that they found someone there. So here was this city that, that did not have any hope of the gospel. They understood they were in a hostile environment, but they did not waver in their faith. I mean, what an example. But we're in this series detour, and the major roadblock that we're going to talk about today is the one faced by the Philippian jailer, complete hopelessness. He drew his sword and intended to end his life. So our question remains today, what do we do when all hope is lost? So I feel compelled for a minute here to talk about suicide. I am no suicide prevention professional I don't pretend to understand the depth of hopelessness that someone facing suicide feels. I personally haven't struggled with mental illness, but I just could not gloss over this jailer's dark moment. Roman jailers were held responsible for their prisoners. He knew he would likely be tortured and even killed for their escape. Who knows what would have happened to his family? He saw no way forward. The imagined pain and loss was just too much to bear. He wanted to make that pain go away. Knowing this was the passage for today, I began asking people about any connection they've had to suicide. I've not been a very fun dinner party guest. Well, let's just say that if you have, you are not alone. Such sorrow, tragedy, and loss. I have wept with friends as they've told me their stories of friends and siblings and children who have died by suicide. I've stuffed my pockets with Kleenex today because it is just an emotionally challenging Topic. 
One person shared with me that people who are stuck in this moment are so focused on their pain that they just want to make their pain go away. And even if they think of others, they believe the lie that people will be better without them. They're unable to see forward. It's like they have horse blinders on. So a word to someone who has lost all hope. Again, I'm not a mental health provider or a psychologist, but I could not skim over this verse. I felt called to take steps to remove the stigma. So if you're in a moment, if you're hopeless, you are not alone. You are beloved and loved by God. He longs to meet you in that moment. At the end of the service today, we're going to sing a song that just has some beautiful truth because I think we can just we can just be so inundated with messages that challenge the truth that we are beloved. And a practical tool just a year ago, the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline was launched. Um, this is a practical tool for anyone in that moment to be able to text or call and be connected with a trained professional who will connect you with local resources. It's only a year old. Hard to believe. But this is a beautiful resource for anyone in that position. And a word to someone touched by suicide, you know, it can be such a challenging place. Carol Sue and Jack Cook lost their son to suicide five years ago. And their lifeline was to join a survivor support group. And when that group stopped meeting during COVID, they started a new one. They knew how, how important that was to experience healing through that group. They wanted to expand that help to others, but they also wanted to continue the help for themselves. Carol Sue told me, we will never get over this, but we will get through it. They meet on the first Tuesday at 6.30 every month in, at the Muskegon campus. So we have brochures available this morning at each campus connection point. And of course, bonus, if you go to the Muskegon campus, you can talk to Jack and Carol Sue directly this morning. If you're watching online, you can go to allshores.org groups. And under find a group, um, there's, you can click questions to get more info. As I listened to the stories of people impacted by suicide, everyone said how important it is that we talk about suicide. One friend said, I think suicide absolutely needs to be spoken about. The enemy wants the topic hidden in shame. Another friend thinks that perhaps the stigma of suicide is diminishing for younger generations, but that in the church, we continue to be a space where it's hard to discuss. We can all lose hope beyond suicide. There's many ways, many forms of losing hope, of, of hitting a wall, being forced to take a detour, you know, depression, anxiety, grief, broken relationships, lost jobs. And when all hope is lost, it can look like struggling to get out of bed 
uncontrollable emotional outbursts, withdrawing from relationships, disordered eating, and substance and alcohol abuse. I know when I've hit a wall, I've found myself throughout a day physically just shaking my head. How did I get here? How can this be? When we face impossible situations, it can feel like it's too late, that nothing can change. It's over. And I really don't want this to turn into like advice giving. It can really have an air of superiority, like I know what's right for you. It can feel critical rather than helpful. So I think sometimes having metaphors can be helpful. Metaphors for how we can move forward. So I have a few lessons to share from my pilgrimage. And the first one is stop and gawk. After hours and hours of walking, you can get into a numbed trudging. There are many narrow paths kind of worn down in the middle with tufts of grass and plants on the sides. You really had to watch where you're going or maybe there's tree roots and there's a rocky path and you really do have to kind of look where you're walking. But then you remember, oh, I'm in Scotland. Let me look. And you, re- you have to stop to gawk. Otherwise, you're going to trip and fall, <laughs> which my sister did twice. Oh, sorry. So you have to stop and gawk. There are bits of beauty all around us. In challenging times like grief and loss, it's okay to experience beauty, even joy, like Paul and Silas did, singing. Remember, they're in prison. (laughs) So stop the trudging. Look up. Find beauty. Let the mountain come to you on the dreadful elevation gain sections. It was challenging to keep going, but a friend had told me to just take small steps and let the mountain come to you. It can be tempting to think you need to take big steps to complete the climb and get it over with. But small steps are actually better. Let the mountain come to you was a helpful mantra for me as I took step after step step. So take your rests, but do the next little thing. Drink a glass of water. Eat some food. Go outside. Walk into your driveway or down to the end of the block. Call a friend. Say a prayer. Do the next little thing. And finally, include God, which that can look like so many ways. Every day as we started out, one of us would read a psalm, or we had prayers that we read, recited every day. We would take five minutes of silence after that. And then a few times throughout the week, we had extended, like even up to an hour, times of silence to just stop the chit-chat, stop the observation of what we're seeing, and just listen. Listen to nature, listen to God, spend time in prayer. There's many ways to include God in our lives. And I love how we say around here, we want people to say they've been with Jesus. And there's a lot of ways to be with Jesus. But it takes intentionality. 
How are you including Jesus in your daily life? Well, are you ready to find out what happens to our Roman jailer friend? You might know. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds, and immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. Well, the jailer here probably had no concept of heaven and hell as far as like asking some theological question, what must I do to be saved? He probably was asking more like, how do I get out of this mess? How could there possibly be any hope for me? And Paul's response to the question about what must he do, believe in the Lord Jesus. I mean, it sounds a little churchy. Jesus, Bible, John 3, 16, believe in the Lord Jesus. What? It actually has deep meaning. This is a great prayer. Lord Jesus. Two words. Lord Jesus. Jesus. Believing in the Lord Jesus was a direct shot at Caesar. The cult of Caesar in the Roman Empire was that Caesar was Lord. Caesar was God. Caesar was to be worshipped. Jesus as Lord meant an entirely new shift of life focus and loyalty away from empire and power. Jesus as Lord is good news. Romans 10, 9 repeats the same. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There is hope and power to live differently. Jesus is Lord. Side note here. Believing in Lord Jesus does not erase suffering. Thad spoke to this last week. When your destination is assured, suffering can be endured. And obviously, Paul and Silas, just a couple minutes ago, remember? Stripped, beaten, in jail, suffering. But their example of prayer and song in the depth of suffering was a testimony to other prisoners. I find it interesting that both Lydia and, and, and the jailer, in response to receiving the gospel, their households came to faith, they were baptized, and they offered hospitality to Paul and company. <laughs> the jailer's family threw a midnight celebration, and don't miss in verse 34 here, he was filled with joy. I wonder if perhaps the earthquake had less to do with releasing Paul and Silas from jail and more to do 
with offering freedom and joy to the jailer and his entire household. One final thought today is a word for all of us together, the church. In that moment when the jailer was ready to take his life, Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. Can we be a church that says we are all here? We are all here to the people God has put in front of us who've lost hope. Many times, those who've lost hope are messy people. <laughs> They're hurt, they've been hurt, and they are hurting. There might be mental illness. Are we, are we willing to get in the mess with them? And everyone's journey is different. Some, some people have the, their, their hopelessness hidden. Are we willing to go deeper in relationships so people can share their hidden mess and doubts and hopelessness? There's power in presence. Just being with people, not as advice givers, but as listeners and lovers, that ministers to people. I, I honestly, I can be uncomfortable in those spaces, but when I become more of the person that Jesus longs for me to be, when he transforms my character and spirit, he shapes what I do, this being part of the gospel, this bringing good news to the people around me. It gives me confidence, not in myself, but in that power of the Holy Spirit to bring hope to the people in my life, just like he's given me hope. Fifty years ago, Japanese theologian Kazuki Koyama wrote the book, Three Mile an Hour God. That's the average speed for walking, but if you're wearing a 24-pound pack going up hills, it's slower than that even, but beside, that's beside the point. But the thought remains, this is the speed that Jesus walked. God, who is love, walks three miles an hour. Love has a speed, Koyama says, and that speed is slow. This challenges our, our, our ideas of idealized speed, productivity, efficiency. And when we begin to recognize God in this countercultural way, we begin to value that love takes time and love is slow. And we begin to be a church that says, We are all here. Let's pray. God, give us eyes to see the people in front of us who need to hear. We're here. You're not alone. And for those who need to hear hope, God, would you speak to them now? 
Help us to hear, even as we take communion together and hear this final song, God, speak to our hearts, minister to us, and help us to know what steps of obedience we can take to be your people. We are all here. Amen. Well, we are going to take communion now, so you can get out your little cup. We do this every week, and sometimes when you do something every week, it becomes routine. This is a holy act. This is a sacred moment where we invite Jesus, who we celebrate what he did in the past, in this moment today, here in West Michigan today, with our lives and whatever we're bringing, looking to the future when Jesus will say yes and amen, all things are made new. It is this holy moment of him meeting us today with the act of suffering, great suffering and death on a cross to meet us here today in our hopelessness, in our doubts, in our messy lives, with the promise of a future where all things will be made new. So everyone is welcome to join us in communion today if it's meaningful in your faith journey. So let's take our elements. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed. He took the bread. Knowing this great suffering, I pause every time. He gave thanks. He gave thanks. In this moment, he gave thanks. He broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's take the cup. Amen. Carter chose this song that we're going to sing here at the end, and it has ministered to me this week. And I just pray that I will be praying as we sing, that it will minister to you in whatever hopelessness you're facing, the truth of who you are in Christ. Let's sing this together. Heard the accusation and I've heard the propaganda. 
heard the lies they whispered to my soul That I have been forsaken and I'll always be forgotten No matter what I do, it's not enough But then I heard a voice as it opened up the heavens declare this together.
amen and amen. I want to share just a couple things real quick before we dismiss you. First of all, the Holy Spirit is moving. I hope you sense that. And for some of you today, maybe he has stirred something new or something unique. Some of you maybe are here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Some of you maybe even watching online. Can I just encourage you to respond? Wherever that is today, if it's in just beginning a faith journey with Christ, if it's in something that Dina shared today where it's like, Lord, I need to place greater hope in you, we'd love to know that. And again, you can either talk to one of our staff who's here or fill out that connection card, but we love to know how God's moving in your life. So if you responded or in some way God spoke to you, let us know that. I would just remind you next week, Thad will be preaching. He'll finish our detour series. It's been such a good series. And then finally, if you're a guest with us, again, just like, uh, we're just so thankful that you're here. As you leave today, if you want to make your way to the Connection Point, we just have a gift that says thanks for being here. We'd love to give you a little bit more information about the church. So before you leave, stop by the Connection Point. And we'd uh, love to give that to you. Would you place your hands out? I'd love to actually pray a prayer of blessing over you today as you leave. Father, we come before you this morning. We're so grateful for your spirit. We're so grateful for how you work in our lives. And God, we just admit to you that there are days in our lives that we lack hope. And so God, renew our hope today. And God, my specific prayer this morning as we leave this place is if there is one person here today who is in despair, who is in distress, God, let them know that you are alive and well and also let them know that we are here with them as the scripture says. And Lord, give them hope today. God, help us as we walk from this place to be a light in this world, to express the hope of God, and to show people the love of Jesus. We pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Thanks for being here today. Have a great Sunday.